The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 214. Thursday, February 28th, 2013. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 214. I am Rob, you are Greg. And go. So, uh, open the web browser. All right. I am ill-prepared. What else is it? Go into Google or YouTube. All right. This is going to be a rapid-fire episode. Rapid-fire. Yes. We are yes. under the gun here. Yes. We are actually appearing tonight on a video podcast. Oh, boy. Scary as that Uh-oh. is. Uh-oh. Nobody wants to see us. All right. What am I doing here? All right. I think this is on YouTube, but it was it was Stanley. <laughs> it's me! Uh, I invented Spider-Man! It was Stanley's rants. It was like Stan Lee rants or something. I'm Rant Man! So he was like, it's this video, he's ranting about like how things should have ended. Yes. Ah. Alright, here we go. Now that I've done so many unforgettable cameos, cameos. I have become an expert at all kinds of movies. One thing, though, that bothers me. So many of the endings of famous movies are wrong. Let me give you an example. The Star Wars. See Gary Busey now? Use the force, Here's the target. No need for all that faster than sound flying through the tunnel. I'll do it the easy way. There, that ought to do it. Better luck next time, kid. Okay, now let's try this one on for size. It's an inception. Oh. Never saw it. Hey, Leo, you left your tub. Leo, Leo. I prefer I this one. I know you will too. The hat of Zorro. Batman. <gasps> Wallet. Yeah, fast. It's fine. Just take it easy. I don't know. I prefer Captain Blood. You're gonna love this version of it. (laughs) Here, let me see that. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Episode one? (laughs) Yeah, no idea with that. (laughs) Episode two. (laughs) He's throwing them in the fireplace. Burning all the scripts. By the way, that is awesome. Do you have any endings that you'd like to see changed, or any suggestions? Is this a series? Should have ended. I think so. Why not tell me about it in the comments? (laughs) He's gonna read the comments. Stanley's World of Heroes. Leave me a comment, web slinger. Superhero speed dating. Zombie. I, what else is he talking about? I here? burned all of oh, George Lucas's right scripts. Actually, I have something about Lou Ferrigno. Stanley has an Oscar way. nomination. I'm Oscar Man. I throw right. garbage cans at the evil doers. 
I have a Luke Ferrigno update. Mr. Trump! Uh, <laughs> I saw I saw on the news, it is actually a Lou Ferrigno and Steven Seagal update. Together. I saw on the news that Steven Seagal... Yes! It's made very soon. And Lou Ferrigno... I give my hug to Tampa Thumb with the pump. Are training posses made up of child molesters and drug addicts... What? In Arizona... To to patrol the public schools in case there are any gunmen that come and break in and shoot people. Child molesters? Well, they're the only ones home during the day. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, child molesters. Wait, that, aren't they not supposed to be in the schools? I, it's Arizona. Arizona's uh. insane. Arizona is, is psychopath. <gasps> so anyway, so that's what he's been up to uh, since Celebrity what a, what Apprentice. Idiot. With the top, I, I train the towel molester with the top. So, um... Real, All right. Real quick, I was going to uh, mention, uh, I did watch the Once Upon Atari, a yeah. four-episode... It was good. ...documentary by Howard Scott Warshaw. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. I mean, it was basically... I, it was from the late 90s, and it was like all these people who worked for Atari, which was basically Animal House... <laughs> and they just talked about all these, to them, these yeah. crazy, these crazy stories and all this nonsense and insanity. And the, the most insane person there was Todd Fry, <laughs> who would he looked crazy. Who would walk on the walls? He looked just like who's you know the guy in, on the Chuck show? Yes, from the, the buying guy. Yes. yes, he does look like him. He looks just like him. So Todd Fry would walk on the walls. Well, he, he would crawl. Yeah, I mean, he would put, like, his arms and legs up on either side of the hallway's walls, and he would, like, run somehow like a, like a spider. Well, it was, it, it was supposedly a very narrow hallway, and he was, a, I guess, a pretty tall guy, so he could, yeah. he could reach and, and brace himself up the wall. Until one day where he smashed his head on the fire uh, sprinkler and yeah. cut it open. <laughs> and then I, I felt really bad for this guy, George Kiss, who was, like, uh, the manager there. And he wasn't really like a partier, and yet he he used to sit there like trying to do business meetings. The whole place was just full of marijuana smoke and naked. Uh, the, the hot tub. One, oh god, they were always naked in the hot tub. <laughs> One story: there was a guy who's talking about they tried to they this giant inflatable frog that they tried to like fly off of the roof or something. <laughs> yes. Insanity. They were all having nervous breakdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Todd Fry is well known for programming the horrible Atari Twenty Six Hundred Pac Man that everyone hates, and it's not that bad. So what happened? It's there, a good game. No, it's just a bad Pac Man version. So what happened there was, at the time he was while he was he was still there, all these other guys were leaving the company. You know, because the management didn't, they treated them like serfs. So they were all going, you know, forming their own companies in Magic, Activision, whatever. And he was one of the guys left, senior guys, and he's like, look, to the management, I'm leaving. Unless you do something here. (laughs) So they came back with a um, compensation package, which basically meant if you brought a game to market, you get like thirty or $40,000. 
Nice. Plus like 10 cents a cartridge that's sold. And by the way, this was like 1981 money. 1982 yeah. money. So these guys were making enormous amounts of money. And they were, you know, beforehand, they were all paupers. Right. Yeah, and this yeah. guy wound up getting the Pac-Man job. So even though it was terrible, it sold like 7 million copies. And this guy made like a million bucks. More, yeah. A few million, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was crazy. And so I was thinking about that. I was like, well, maybe that is a good, maybe that is a good idea. And then as I thought about it, I said, no, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea because even though you're compensating the, the people, the problem is you're going to have too much internal um, strife and internal uh, uh, fighting because, let's face it, Todd Fry got to do Pac-Man. So if I'm another programmer and okay, uh, Todd Fry gets to do Pac-Man, what do I get to do? You know, uh, Congo Bongo. Yeah, Congo Bongo. <laughs> something, Buck Rogers, something right. that you know is not as popular. It'll even, sell 10,000 copies. Even if you make the game 7 million times better than his, no one, they're just so not going to buy it. It doesn't have it. the cachet of yeah. Pac-Man or Donkey Kong. It doesn't Kong have that or, name. Yeah, exactly. So this guy made an enormous amount of money for making a horrible game. Well, I mean, what, <laughs> yes. It stunk. But... In fairness, let's, hold on. Let's, in fairness, he did say to them that he he wanted it to be 4K, which means four four kilobytes kilobytes yeah. of, of of ROM on the cartridge. They didn't want that because it would have cost more money, so they only allowed him two. And two kilobytes for a twenty six hundred game is like nothing. Well, for any game, yeah. So for, for a calculator game, which is why, like year you know twenty twenty five years later, homebrewers have created Pac Man games on four four K. And they look fine. They sound yeah. fine. Well, and also in fairness, I think he was under time constraints too. Right? Yes, and they he wanted was, to rush. A, a, the, he the, only had like six months. Yeah, and he was constantly high, and <laughs> drunk. <laughs> what about the women? Naked. The women that they interviewed. There's only like one. I was like two of them. Two of them. Yeah. yeah. The the nerd. The one woman made the three D tic tac toe. <laughs> no comment. Checkers, I think. Didn't she do checkers? I don't know. But the the one, uh, Carol, not Carol Shaw, but um, was her? It was either Carol or Carolyn or Meninsky or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she actually made a lot of games back then. A lot of like oh, popular yeah. games. So, yeah, Carla, Carla, Carla Meninsky. Yeah. And it was funny as they were talking. I I think it was on that program but you know they, they talked about that and you know how many she made warlords for the 2600 yeah that was a classic game it's that's one but, of the best yeah but how many um and they were talking about how howard scott warshaw there he is who did this documentary back then like kind of looks like him. he did the raiders of lost ark yes 2600, and they, which i despise and they talked about how he would walk around the halls cracking the whip like literally whipping people and whipping breaking <laughs> well, stuff he, and he he did the the method acting of getting uh, into the character and never terrible. breaking character he but, bought the fedora he had he bought a whip at a store but just um you know just so many characters and they were talking about how you know there's this one guy Rick Maurer who was like a they said he was an incredible programmer did incredible work but he was insane yeah and they found him one day, like, catatonic in his apartment. And he had to, like, go to the mental institute and everything. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, God, what a uh, shame. Yeah. 
But, you know, but like these, so these guys that were doing a lot of these games and they were talking about some other people. He did the Space Invaders port for yeah, the 2016. Right. Which was good. It was, it was very a fantastic good. game. Yeah. And they were talking about just arcade, and you're talking about like arcade designers and stuff. You know, these guys, these guys, um, did incredible, like the guy who did Missile Command, Ed. Uh, awesome. What the heck was his name? Ed something or Log? Other. No. <laughs> no, that was a, a rare guy, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> But they were talking about how, you know, a lot of these, these, these old arcade designers who did these incredible arcade games with the, with the limited technology they had back then. And they would do these games and get paid like nothing for them and then just vanish. You know, yeah. I mean, not vanish off the face of the earth. They would go into like marketing or accounting. They'd have to go into like a regular job because they would get paid nothing. Um, so, and the line. Oh, wait, of, hold on. So, the one thing that they were... Who's the guy that did the the um, Space Invaders port? Rip Mauer? Yeah. The, the other guy... In, in this Once Upon Atari on YouTube, the guys were saying, yeah, you know, back in the day we would release the Atari games and we would put variations in the cartridge. A hard variation, an easy variation, a children's variation, mm. fast variation, slow variation, invisible variation... And they were putting, you know, like nine variations in the cart. So, so it was like you're yeah, getting yeah, nine yeah. games in one. Yeah. They're like this this nutcase Rick <laughs> Mauer. He releases the Space Invaders has like 120 yeah. variations. They're like, what the heck? Yes. It's like from now on, now we're gonna have to put 120 variations in our games. Thanks a lot. No, they couldn't though. <laughs> they couldn't fit him in there. Like he thought of every possible yes. variation that you could do. He was a madman. Yeah. But it was good that he was good. All right. Um, Next. Speaking of video games, there was the big PS4, PlayStation 4 unveiling. Or... If you want to call it that. <laughs> so basically, they unveiled the PS4. They showed a mock-up of the controller and nothing else. The controller looks exactly like the same controller well, yeah, they've been well, using for it's a good controller. 18 years. Well, no, all right, not 18 years, like 16 yeah, years. And so there was, um, and then, you know, there really wasn't much games. And basically it was, they, they had all these developers talking it up and, and that kind of yeah, stuff. It was yeah. really boring. And the obviously with, with there was like 500,000 people logged on. It just stopped working, the live stream. This thing so. is going to be expensive, too. At least $400. No, we'll see. I, it, it is. It's, I, it has I, to be. Yeah, but I think the key is... You know, that they're going for the digital distribution in a sense and and they're trying to do a lot of that with social media and trying to incorporate all that. I mean, you know, I, I think just at some point you're just gonna be like, Why do I need a console? I mean I don't they didn't I don't know. It. All I know is that the, the classic gaming uh um you know Expert. community went absolutely berserk. No pun intended. It exploded, yeah. They yeah. went nuts because there was all these rumors. It's not going to allow used games. You're going to have to download all your games. There's going to be no physical games, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, they went ballistic. Yeah. As fanboys do. Right. <laughs> and fan women. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What do I... Oh, here we go. It's MC Hammer. Any day. MC Hammer got arrested. For what? He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought they couldn't touch this. Well, they can touch it now, I guess. Rapper MC Hammer took to Twitter 
to comment about an encounter he had in Northern California with police that ended with the music, the, the quote musician in handcuffs. Hammer was arrested Thursday. Thursday, uh, what? Thursday, February 21st, 2013, at 10.20 p.m., while at the Hacienda Crossings Shopping Center in Dublin, California, east of Oakland. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he's arrested. Um... And he was, I, I guess he was live tweeting his arrest. I don't know how you can do that. Your hands <laughs> handcuffed. But I don't know. Hammer time. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Oh, look at this. <laughs> what the hell is that? To stay warm while you're using your laptop. Well, the laptop's just going to overheat and blow up and catch fire and burn your hands and your head. <laughs> it's got to be from Japan. <laughs> no, it's Sweden. Oh. Oh, Should we Sweden? Can you describe what we're from looking? From Sweden, yeah. Okay. I think, I think it's from Sweden. Oh, yeah. Can you describe what we're looking? Basically, it's a guy. He's got, <laughs> he's got like a towel around his computer, his hands, his it's a, head. It's a, it's a laptop sweater. Okay, whatever. <laughs> we'll put the picture on the on PaulStevenson.com. Let me see where where is this? So, yeah, it is Sweden. Ah, <laughs> Swedish. Yeah. Chef. Uh, Alright, do you remember on... This was in the 1980s. Remember the old uh, Suburban Cable Vision? We've talked about it on PaunchStevenson.com, one of the old episodes. How it was that wooden cable box with the wire. Yeah, the, the Gerald box. Yeah, and you push the buttons like a, like a piano. Yeah. <laughs> so... Do you remember back in, in that time period, it was like maybe like mid-1980s, late-1980s, on one of the public access channels, it's a cat, on one of the public access channels, there was this show, Umberto of Naples, yeah, and it, it, it was this guy who kind of looked like Yakov Smirnov. He had like the, the weird, like, he had like the... the, the beard and the the i don't know so anyway this really foreign guy was on public access he was a hair cutter okay a lo local hair cutter he somehow he got on public access well, wasn't on public doing access. a show yeah and it was him and a and a, a like a, a wooden dummy <laughs> and it was this foreign guy doing this ventriloquist act and it was the most horrific Horrendous thing on TV. Hey, what's the matter for you? You don't remember? No, that. I know nothing about that. 
And he would talk about like his hair cutting salon or whatever. <laughs> but the voices were terrible. What he town? always moved his lips. I'm sure he's not on YouTube. I don't know. I didn't even think to check. I just assumed he was. The name is very familiar. Um, I mean, maybe it's a restaurant now? Um, but no, it can't be. If this thing is on YouTube... Oh, what the heck? Roberto... How is it on there? Because I think, I think it's something How that you're not thinking there? about. Oh, wait a minute. There it is! Ah, he must still. He's got what his own channel. Heck? What? Umberto CTV. In Belleville, Belleville, New Jersey. Yes, Umberto CTV. He's still doing this. I guess. What the heck? What the hell is that? He's still doing it. I'm just gonna pause it for a second. The funny thing is, back in the 80s, obviously now, this is him today. He has, like, the gray hair and bald yeah. and everything. Back in the 80s, he looked exactly like that dummy. <laughs> so it was, like, him talking to a dummy oh, version of himself. I can't believe He's this. not even changing his changing his voice. Like, no, I, how's it going there, Marcelo? I still go. How's it going? I told you it was terrible. I told you. They dress like the Bee Gees. <laughs> Anyway, so it's it's terrible. terrible. I cannot believe he has his own youth. I can't believe he's still doing this. What is wrong with this guy? And he's in Belleville. Oh boy. Anyway, so that, I wrote that down. <laughs> Old memory. Um. Oh, uh, let's see. What else? What else? Do you remember? Again, this is back in in the the late 1980s when we were in school which we have talked about in old episodes of the podcast which are all available for free on uh, paunchstevenson.com go to paunchstevenson.com all of our episodes ever made are on there for free 24 hours a day do you remember we used to make up our own video games when we were in like 5th grade, 6th grade no you don't remember? No. one of them was Vinny the Janitor <laughs> Wasn't there actually a Vinny the Janitor there? Yeah, and we made up a, a, a video game for, and, and and we would like draw out the level, ah, like okay. like, what, like what the different levels would be. Like level one, you have to you know, mop up so. puke, like pour sawdust ah, on puke. Ah, yes. I'm sure we didn't save and, any of that. No, I, I don't have any of it. But um, and then this other game. I make this me a video game. Then there was this other. I remember you kept talking about this other video game called Birdman's Alley. Yes. What was that? You made it up? No. What was it? I swear, I did not make it up. So, so what was it then? It, it, <laughs> it just came to me like Birdman's Alley. What was that? I, I think I've said this. I, maybe I told the story before. I don't know. I had an older cousin. <laughs> yes. He was like seven, about seven, eight years older than me. And back then in the 80s, mid late 80s, he was he was into video games, but he was into like computers, right? So he would have like Atari, home computers, Commodore sixty four, whatever. And I think he, it, I think around that time, I, don't, I remember if he lived in somewhere in New Jersey or if he lived in Pennsylvania at the time. But he he would work, I guess part time or something, in like this local computer store, like out in the middle of nowhere out there. <laughs> 
Right. And it was, you know, it was like, a, I never was in it, but it was basically like a rat's nest. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. It may yeah. have been like a, um, the guy, I think the guy that owned it may have repaired computers, uh, video games. I think he also probably repaired like TVs, VCRs, VCRs yeah. right. whatever. But he sold computers. So the guy would get like computer, like I, I said before, they would, people would come in with computers like Atari 400, 800s. That they had just paid like money for, they would come in with them and say, "Oh, this doesn't work. <laughs> you know, something's wrong." And then they would like they'd have to tell them what they tell them like, "Oh, well, it's going to be like you know, forty dollars to to diagnose it." Right. And so they'd say, "All right," and they would do it, and then they pay, and then they would say, "All right, well, it's forty dollars, but then it's going to be like another eighty dollars to fix it." Well, it's forty just to look at it. Right. Right. Yeah. That old, Which is that old routine. Yeah, they always did that with the old TVs and all. <laughs> right. So then it'd be like another like eighty dollars to fix it, which was BS because you know there was never anything that wrong with one of those systems. It's usually, like, <laughs> well, how could it there be? It was like a, it was like it was like made of wood practically. So what what happened <laughs> so a lot of times? Very simplistic. What happened a lot of times is they would get them in there and then they would. The people literally would say, "All right, well, I don't want it." Then, you know, and they would say, so "They would say to the people, look, either you can pay us the forty dollars yeah. for looking at it, or don't you don't owe us anything, but we keep it." But they just bought the thing. No, it wasn't. They, they probably had it for. This was in the. This was like nineteen eighty six ish, eighty seven. So it, it, still, stuff was older. All right, all right. maybe eighty five. All right. So, so it's like a six-year-old computer, or five-year-old yeah, computer, or most, maybe not even four-year-old computer. But you know what would happen a lot? That some some the stupid kid would put you know plug the thing into, then it would burn out the AC adapter, or whatever. Right. So or the disk drive would break. Well, that yeah, that was those disk drives were terrible. So like the, the floppy. Drives. Yeah. So my cousin would say like you know we had like a stack of them just sitting here, and he would fix them. Or the guy would, you know, maybe they'd fix them and they'd give them to me or whatever. Anyway, my point being, he gave me and my other cousin, he gave her like an Atari computer and it did the disk drive. He gave her the disk drive. And, he, you know, because, and then he would like copy the games onto discs mm. and give it to us. Diskettes. But they would never work. You know, the mm. copies are always it's just a disaster. Yeah, we, we talked about that. So what he, he would get... <laughs> Yeah. The, the drive would just sit there. It's like, come on, what's that? It's a brand new disc. Anyway. <laughs> so he would get these, like, really, really cruddy, like, news. They weren't even, like, magazines. They were, like, catalogs almost. And back then in the 80s, that's how people would sell, like, programmers would sell their computer games on catalogs. You would... You would order in the mail. You would call them up, and they would send them, and they would come and look. It wouldn't the, even have a box. The indie stuff, not you know, not not like an Activision game. Anyway, so it was independent. Yeah. Games. So he would have, and, and all these these, and and he would show me the list, and he would say, "Hey, you know, if you guys like any of these games, maybe I can I can see I can get it or something." Because he knew other people. They would trade all the bootlegs and the pirated versions, and so <laughs> it was this one. I remember eventually it wasn't just lists. It was another one where it was it was in black and white. It was like a newspaper print, 
Yeah. You know, maybe it was like 30 pages. And it was like really, really small, cruddy, like photocopied, like one screenshot of the ah, game. Wow. And it was a game that I swore it was called Birdman's Alley, but I may have gotten the name wrong. You know, I was nine years old or something. I probably didn't read that well. I wonder what that game would be. As I recall, it was, it just looked like a really, really horrible, horribly drawn, like, you know, uh, uh, computer graphic, like something you would have drawn in like some paint program, you know, it just looked terrible. Wow. So my guess is it was probably like a text adventure wow. with a picture. Her hands out. No, that was terrible. So um, that it. Wait, what was the other? We're talking about computers. Come on, we gotta go. I know, I know, I know. We we're talking about computers. Atari. I can't remember. Birdman's Alley. This. Oh. We had remember again. This was like many many episodes ago. We used to talk about growing up. In the ninth, the early 1980s, mid 1980s, the popular thing was like, you know how nowadays the popular thing is you have the flat panel LCD TV or plasma TV or LED TV. Man. Well, in the early 1980s, mid 1980s, the popular thing was this big wooden console TV that sat on the floor. We talked about this. So we had a Sylvania wooden, you know, big console yeah. TV that sat on the floor. And I don't know, it was like probably like 25 inch or something like that. Stereo speakers. It was like high, you know, like, like state of the art back then. And when you turn them on, they go like, boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, you'd have to let it warm up. So I think maybe after like, I don't know, it was like two or three years, the thing just, the picture wouldn't come on the screen anymore. Uh, yeah. You'd get the the For a while, you would get the sound. You have to hit the TV to make the picture <laughs> pop on. But then after a while, you'd hit it, and then it just, it, 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 it didn't even come on anymore yeah. when you hit it, when I hit it. So we called up, whatever, Carl's or whatever, uh, wherever we got it from, and um, they sent out the repair guy. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know, eight years old at the time or something. And I'm sitting there watching the guy, he takes the back off, he's like doing all this stuff. And and he tells my mom, like, okay, well, here's the, the paper. I wrote down what's wrong. It's going to be, like, $500 to fix. Because I got to order this. I got to do this. I got, oh, man, $500. We might as well just buy a new TV. I don't know. So he leaves, and I, and I, and I said, Mom, like, what? Like, you know how I was sitting here watching the guy <laughs> take apart the TV? He's like, yeah. I was like, he was breaking things in there on purpose. <laughs> And she went nuts. She called the store. She was like, you sent the guy. He's breaking things, trying to jack up the price. I'm never buying a TV for me. So uh, we didn't even get it fixed. We just got a, a Sharp or something yeah. or a Sanyo. Or... Ridiculous. Rip-offs. Con artist. When you were saying like how the $40 just to look at it, yeah. and that reminded me of that story. Yeah, I, I had a real, I had one of the old ones that was in our living room for years and years, and we put it in the basement. And like, it started going where it would have like all, it would be like a red, it would be too, too much red. Yeah. And I don't remember, but I, I re, somehow I remember I opened up the back of the TV and fixed it. <laughs> I don't know how. I was like 15 or 16. You should, should be a technician. No, I think I just went in there and like adjusted something. 
I was oh. like playing around with there was like dials inside. There, yeah, there were dials yeah, on the yeah. outside, and there were dials inside. <laughs> and I started filling with it, and it just started working. I was like, "Oh, look at that!" Well, we had this this um, Hitachi twenty inch color TV from the late nineteen seventies with like had the wood grain, uh, yeah. you know, the, the whatever. And after five six years, it started getting horizontal lines going across the top like inch or two of the screen. Yeah. It was weird, and we're like, what the heck, you know, it's a weird problem, whatever, and we just... And then I remember I started going across the street to my friend's house, like, when I got a little older and we were playing Nintendo. His TV had the same problem. So? What was that? I don't know. Horizontal lines over the top. It was like, it was like the top one or two inches of the screen just had, like, these white horizontal lines, and it would, it would, like, flip... That section of the in, uh, of the oh, picture. Uh, maybe it was like a V hold or the I don't know the horizontal weird. lock. One of those things. And we're done. See you next time. See you next time. It's a me, Mario. See you next time. So, um, I don't know if you heard about this, but Shia LaBeouf and Alec Baldwin were supposed to be on a broad, in a Broadway play together. <laughs> but apparently something went wrong, I don't know, and, and Shia LaBeouf quit or something like that. And then, so he had like these like arguments with Alec Baldwin through email. Oh. And then decided to just publish them in public. What? Alec Baldwin was not very happy. So, what, what, what would that conversation sound like? Let me tell you, you little pig, you little pig, I'm gonna kill you. What? What? I'm gonna ah! kill you. Ah! You're a rotten little ah! pig. Ah! I'm gonna ah! boil you. I'm gonna boil you like a pig and put a spig through you. Optimus Prime. No. <laughs> I'm Alec Baldwin. Ah! Ah! That's what. Sh that's. Those are the two emotions of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs>